With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Raiders Troy Radio. After the USC loss to Washington, this is the car cast after USC and Washington. The Trojans lose 52-42 in a crazy shootout that does not go USC's way because the Trojans did not get the stops when they needed to get the stops. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy and shoot us your emails, Rain of Troy at fanside.com. Phone number 818-643-7227. Second Woods Bruin Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alisa Dirtle. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. It's a little, little uh, low T Alicia there. Uh, the the Iron Cats in the chat said, "Need my therapy? Smash that like button." <laughs> um, they also sent us a super chat, so cheers, the cheers. Iron Cats. Uh, we're here for some therapy, so smash that like button. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're get ready because there's some processing to do. Yeah, yeah. Alicia, I'm just gonna run down some stuff. Um. We're going to pretend, uh, do some little magic. You don't know anything about this game, okay? You don't know anything. If I told you SC will have gained 515 yards of total offense, what would your thought be? They had a good night. If I said SC threw for 300 yards, ran for 200 yards, what would go through your mind? They had a good night. What if I said SC was 50% on third downs? That that's a vast improvement from what they've been doing all season, and that probably meant they had a good night. What if I said that Caleb Williams would throw for 300 yards and have no interceptions? 77% completions. I would say that sounds like his best game of the season, and that USC probably should have had a good night. What if I said that SC was without Marshawn Lloyd, but still ran for 203 yards and three touchdowns? I would have been very sad <laughs> that Marshawn Lloyd wasn't playing, but also thought, wow, USC must have had a good night. What if I said that 
Austin Jones had a season-high 127 yards on 11 carries. I would have said that he had a good night. What if I said SC scored 42 points against the number five team in the country? I would have said that's... That's that's, a, that's where it starts to break down. Yeah. Because uh, going in, you knew it was gonna. You were gonna need more than that. I would. I would have said that's not sixty. <laughs> it's not sixty, which is literally what USC needed to win this game. Yeah, it's not sixty, and SC could have could have used sixty. Indeed, SC loses fifty two forty two in a night in which uh, Dylan Johnson has two hundred and fifty six yards on the ground, four touchdowns. The fifth most by a Washington running back in the history of the earth. The most by a USC, uh, the most allowed by a USC defense against the Washington uh, team ever. Um, The 52 points that Washington scores, the most they've ever scored against the Trojans. They eclipse their all time. Like the series goes back to 1923. Washington had more points in the first half tonight than they had in a hundred years ever against SC. Yeah. Yeah. And USC scored nine more points than Oregon did on this same Washington. And lost. And lost. And USC had 500 yards of offense and lost. And USC did what they needed to do for the most part and lost because you cannot win with this defense. You can't do it. I I don't know. I don't know what. I've been critical of Caleb Williams at times this season. He didn't do the things that were that I was annoyed at earlier this season for the most part. Um, aside from maybe not handing the ball off more often in the second half. But like I said on Twitter, like how am I supposed to get mad at USC not running the ball a bunch on, on offense in the second half when they're still scoring points on the drives? Right. They're not running the ball. Like I there's no there's no the if ands or buts this is this is a game that was absolutely winnable this was this is a game that was absolutely within reach of USC beating the number 5 team in the country this season is absolutely in reach of USC being the number 5 team in the country but the defense is as bad a defense as i have ever seen play football in cardinal and gold yeah I was telling like you and, and other people that if you put the 2021 defense in this game, USC wins the game. I mean, that the 2021 defense was, was pretty bad. bad. But yeah. the, you know what the crazy thing is? We thought, oh, the 2021 defense is so bad they couldn't be worse in yeah. 2022. And, and I told they were. people, I've just gone through two years of Todd Orlando. I think yeah. Alex Grinch sounds pretty damn good based on what he did at Oklahoma. Well, I take it back. I take it back. I am actively miserable watching this team. I told our buddy, our buddy Jake from the What's Bruin Show, I need that Madden feature where you can sim the defense and only experience the offense. I need that because there's no joy in watching. This defense is, is horrifically bad. Yeah. As Dalton in the chat pointed out, um... It was 199 yards for Washington running back Dylan Johnson before before contact. contact. Yeah, that is the most outrageous stat 
that I can possibly think of. A running back had 199 yards before contact. 199 yards before contact. What what are what are we doing here? What what is what is defense here? There isn't a single player on that field who did the job that needed to get done. It, it, the, uh, USC Analytics had a tweet where USC's stop rate, which I believe in this instance is referring to plays where a defender makes a tackle and it counts as a stop for the defense, i.e. on first down, the offense gets less than 45 yards towards a first down. On second down, the offense gets less than 60% yards towards a second down. Or on third or fourth down, the offense doesn't get the first down. USC's stop rate was 4%. Of plays where a defender made a stop. The the thing about the the defense tonight is the they dropped eight. We talked about it in the preview. Like, yeah, you should drop eight. That's what SC did. Uh, it did not work. And the thing that I don't understand is if you drop eight, how do you also give Romo Dunze ten yards of space on a fourth down? If you drop eight, how are you also getting beats? on screens every single time. How are you also uh, allowing every single receiver to have all this cushion? Like you can't do both of those things. It would have, it would have been one thing. Um, Washington ran into light boxes all night. Uh, SC seemingly was trying to take away the deep ball to force Washington to drive down the field. I don't think that's a bad want but you need to then not give up the big play on the ground, which SC did. You need to then, you know, if you're if you're going to take away the 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 try to take away the passing lanes with zone with zone defense, you gotta get you, you gotta be closer to defending passes. And SC wasn't. It was the combination of all those things that you know ends up being put in this. In this in a spot where they Washington scores 52 because they score on just about every drive. Uh, and you know, Lincoln Riley was talked talked about it on the, the post game show on the radio. He was asked about, you know, what went wrong. And he talks about, you know, or where, where did the, did SC lose the game? And he mentions, you know, three, three plays, one of them in the first half, the play where on third down where Penix was scrambled, nearly get sacked rolls around to to his left has a little scramble drill there's like five different defenders in the end zone and he still drops it in a spot where there's no guy making a play on the ball H- how can you have both of those things how how can both of those things exist right like it it's, it, it, it it's, makes no sense to me it's it's why it's why i come out of this game feeling extremely certain that failure to fire Alex Grinch in the next 48 hours is a, is is unforgivable. Yeah. I I you can't have the last 3 weeks of of play for USC defensively and 
and say that nothing is that it's not catastrophic enough for it to change. I know that making a, we have argued against the midseason firing the whole time because what does it actually achieve substantive, substantively? You're still you're not going to but get better on defense by firing your defensive coordinator. But at this point, at this point, it is so catastrophic that if you do not make that move, if you do not make it clear that this is not acceptable, that doing your job this poorly is not something that that has consequences, is it sends the entire wrong message to the entire program, from, from players to fans to donors to everybody. It is it is beyond. It is just beyond. The game plan was bad. The in-game adjustments were bad. The individual play calls were bad. The execution was bad. The personnel decisions continue to be terrible. The whole thing is a cluster F of epic proportions that you cannot just go into next week and say, well, we're going to let it ride. You can't let it ride at this point. And like, it sucks because I have defended Lincoln Riley this whole way. I have, I have preached um, reasonability, understanding why decisions get made and why they don't, um, understanding, you know, the, the, the role of the dice that was bringing Grinch back in the first place, understanding that that didn't go Lincoln Riley's way, but that that doesn't mean that the program is in, is in dire straits. Um, all of, all of those things. I've been, I've been a defender of Lincoln Riley throughout this whole thing, but at a certain point you lose me when you force me to watch this week after week after week and do nothing about it. Nothing substantive about it. I, I, I hear you and I'm with, I'm with you every step of the way, but I, what the, the, what is there to do? Like, uh, outside of of saying that you you fire Grinch, like nothing is going to actually change. You can't make the once he brought came back, like the decision was made. Like I yes, I, yeah, but but you're also talking about setting a standard in your program, and if your standard is not being met, and you just say, "Well, doop to do," we just have to wait until the end of the season, doop to do. Like you, like I said, you are eroding trust. He has eroded every bit of trust that he has from the fan base. I don't know how he hasn't eroded trust in the locker room when you have players like Caleb Williams crying because the loss was so was such a a a, a moment of despair. When you have the players on offense who are going out there and doing their job and and putting up points and they have to take the blame personally because they fumbled once or they had to punt the ball once and that lost you the game. When on the other side of the ball, every single drive, it results in a score. Except for two. And like, I I don't know how, I don't know how you keep the trust if you don't just say, you know what, this isn't working. This is not working. We yeah. need a change. We have to do something, anything to re to reset to reset expectations, to reset uh the 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 standard. I agree with your sentiment that 
if you fire Grinch, you're probably not going to have a better defense. You're probably still going to lose the games that you're going to lose because your defense is this bad. Right. But it also but can't that, get worse but at this it, point. But right? at, at this point, what's going to get worse? At this right. point, Oregon's going to score 60 on you. Well, Washington nearly did too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else... I don't know what else you want from anybody if you're going to go into every game and concede the 52 points that you gave up in this game and concede basically basically everything possible on defense. And it's not just this one game because Washington does have a good offense. It's the full picture of the season. How many more weeks of this? I pulled up some numbers. USC has been outgained despite the offense themselves gaining 400 yards in four games this season, including the last three games. USC had 401 yards, 497, and 515. Those are outstanding offensive numbers in the last three games. And they have given up 482, 527, 572. They have been outgained in all of these in all of these games, two losses and one narrow win. Um, USC's opposition is averaging 436 yards per game. That would rank 36 nationally, 35th nationally, in terms of, of if, if that was just one offense. Six of USC's 10 opponents outgained their average versus USC. Of the four who didn't, Notre Dame was the only one who wasn't within 30 yards of outgaining their average. And that was because they had a bajillion turnovers and didn't have to gain yards because they got the ball on short fields every single time. This is historically, catastrophically, untenably terrible. Yeah. Like beyond terrible. You cannot continue and expect anybody to give you any benefit of the doubt. Lincoln Riley is... is is having USC fans who had defended him the whole time turning on him now. He is creating doubt. He is creating uncertainty. Just fire the man and get it over with and prove to people that you understand. And, you know, his post-game quote today was uh, when he was asked about the handling the defense, he said, I understand the question. I know it's Hill's job to ask it, but I'm not into the big, big picture questions right now. My job's going to try to beat Oregon next week and to coach what we have here. I know as a head coach, it all falls under my responsibility ultimately, and I don't shy away from that, and I never have. But there are times and places for those discussions, and those will happen at the appropriate time. Now is the appropriate time. Don't let this fester for another month. Don't do it. It's only going to make things worse for you. It's only going to make things worse for the players. It's only going to make things worse for the program. What donor wants to donate to the to to the NIL arms when they're having to watch this? What fans are turning off the TV and are just going to choose to not watch for the rest of the season when they have to watch this? Just do it. The appropriate time is now. It was it was 3 weeks ago. But the appropriate time is now. I, I I'm I'm I I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. I've literally like you cannot find worse defensive performances. 
No, you, you not you, all you in can't. one go. Not all in one go. Like, yeah, USC has given up 300 yards rushing a few, a handful of times in the last, you know, 10 years. But how many times have they given up 300 yards rushing and the last week, 500 yards and the week before that season highs and this and that and this and that. I've seen people talking about how like USC creates all Americans on the other side of the field. Yes. If you play USC, you're going to have a career, career game. Every single week, someone has a career game. What are you going to do? Nothing? Well, I, Same I, thing? I, I, I think at this point, I, I absolutely think that, you know, you at least put out the the PR statement that Iowa did. Yeah. Getting rid of, uh, of Ferentz, right? Like little, little Ferentz. Like, I, I think that is, we've gotten to the point where I don't think that that's a crazy ask. Um, I do think that, like... Mid, mid, the, I, I, like I said, the, the idea of like a midseason firing, I don't think it's going to necessarily change anything. I get, I totally am with you about like you you would it would be cathartic for people for Grinch to be fired or or you know the 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 press release to come out to say he's not returning and all those things. I I get that. I don't think it actually solves anything except for feeling good. And when you're talking about like drumming up things like NIL and stuff, then yeah, that that absolutely has value, like you said. Um, I'm I'm looking through the numbers here. This, this is first of all, this is the the most yards per play SC has allowed since you, you want to take a guess. The most yards per play USC has allowed since Cal last week. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tulane. Tulane. Yeah, yeah. Tulane. It was the most. It was the first three hundred yard game since I was, Tulane. I was expecting it to be, to be further away from that, but no, it was too, there was the Tulane game, which is telling. Like we talked about after the Tulane game, like that should have been it. That should have been it for Grinch, and and it wasn't right. Um, Riley took the gamble on bringing him back, and it did not work. It absolutely did not work. Um, I'm looking up some some other stats this is insane to me um sc's yards per play against washington which was 8.2 tonight the most washington has allowed since nick holt was their defensive coordinator in 2011 that alamo bowl remember that alamo bowl 67 56 that they lost to rg3 the shootout Mm -hmm. that since that game this is the the most offensive damage that uh, that any team has put against Washington since then. 12 years. The most... That is what SC did tonight on offense, and they lost. And and for me, this is this is the biggest... The, the biggest shame of all of this. This was a Heisman-worthy performance from Caleb Williams tonight. He outplayed Michael Penix. I thought the receivers were good. I thought the running backs were good. Relique Brown coming off of a, a stretch of eight games in which he did not play looked good tonight, scored a touchdown. Darwin Barlow hasn't gotten a carry in seven games. He has a couple of big runs, including a touchdown. Like what SC did on offense tonight was incredible. And this is why, like, the idea of, like, I, I've seen comments, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley is a fraud. He's not a fraud because SC was able to do this on offense. The problem is 
he's not you're not able to enjoy what he's been able to put together on offense because it ends up not being good enough because the way the defense is you have to literally be perfect it's impossible to be perfect in this game SC goes touchdown punt touchdown 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 fumble touchdown touchdown punt downs and lose that that shouldn't happen it shouldn't have like there's there's no way like you you were this dominant against the number five team in the country on offense and having nothing to show for it is it's unfathomable and like i you know i'm what is what is caleb williams supposed to do like it's you know you you can sit here and say oh well he shouldn't have fumbled i mean sure yeah but he also shouldn't be in a position to where he needs to be absolutely perfect but because Mike, you shouldn't expect anyone to be perfect. Michael Penix gets to throw an interception in the red zone and still win and still win the game right. by 10 points. Yeah. By by 10 points and and, 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 and get look- to and get to lead the Heisman the the Heisman race. Right. When we, Caleb Williams outplayed when, him when tonight. And- there's no reason Caleb shouldn't be in the thick of the Heisman race. There's no reason that USC should shouldn't be nine and one right now and going into a a a game against Oregon with college football playoff implications. Except yeah. that the defense is horrifically bad. Yeah. Yeah. Tim in the chat says the offense has to be perfect at minimum for the team to have a shot. Yeah. Yeah. That and that's a it's a terrible place to live, right? Like you don't want to put your you don't want to have to demand perfection from anybody, right? Like I you shouldn't expect that from yourself either. and But that's the situation that SC has found themselves in uh, because the defense just is what the defense is. And it's frustrating because, you know, you know what the, the defense is. Uh, and there, that's why there's, there's part of me that's like, well, you, you had to know. You had to know that you, you needed to score 50 points tonight to win this game. And if SC scores 50 points, you can make the argument that they do win this thing. Um, but you, you also shouldn't have to. Like you shouldn't have to score fifty points. Like you can sit here and, and blame the fumble. You can sit here and blame the holding penalty on what could have been the go ahead drive. But you shouldn't have had to need those things. That's that's not why you ultimately lost, even if that's what put SC behind the sticks at the end. Like if it's, they if they get any stop anywhere else. Uh, it's a completely different game. It's it's tough to nitpick the offense. Yeah. When the defense it, is... It feels sort of out of line to nitpick <laughs> the offense. When they put together, like, this legitimately was one of the greatest offensive performances you'll ever see USC put together. Yeah. And they got nothing to show for it. When Washington's average gain on third down was 10.4 yards. Yeah. I like I don't I it, it, we can we can nitpick the, what, what was your what was your favorite third down allowed? <laughs> Got to be the scramble uh, they, touchdown. They, they right? all they, yeah the scramble touchdown was 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 bad, but like it's it's not one. Yeah, that's the whole point. Like you can't even point to this and say like oh it was just one or two plays away, because in reality you can substitute a dozen different one or two plays. Well, you, as you being can't say things, that for the defense at all. No, because the defense was maybe one or two good plays in the entire game. 
Right. And it was it was to a it, it was to a man. Like there there was nothing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that there was. Uh, Eric Gentry has the tip, and Christian Roland Wallace gets the interception. So that's one play. Yeah. Uh, Bear Alexander has one good uh, tackle for loss in the backfield. Um, and they forced a field goal. Like that's. Yeah. It. it uh, and force the, the crazy part is, you know, forcing the field goal nearly wins them the game. Yeah. Because uh, I, 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 I've seen comments in the, in the chat about how, like, you know, all the games that SC has lost, save for the Notre Dame game, were winnable. And yes, that is absolutely true. Absolutely the case. Both games against Utah last year were winnable. The Cotton Bowl was winnable. The Utah game two weeks ago was winnable. Tonight was winnable. Absolutely. That's five games right there uh, of the six Lincoln-Riley losses that have been winnable. And the crazy thing is, yeah, SC could have could have won all those games despite this off this defense, just by changing one or two things. And so, like, this is why I know people get so frustrated when Lincoln Riley says we're a play or two away. Like, he's not wrong. Because like, because like, <laughs> it is one or two plays, and he the SC would have won these games despite being this bad, which only reinforces the part the point that. That's how close SC, I think, can be with the right defensive coordinator hire because if you get the right defensive... If you go out and get Jim Leonard, Dave Aranda, whatever, and we talked about it before, you you go to a 20-point defense, a 20-point defense with this offense wins a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's why I don't, like, I don't want to get it twisted. There's a lot of conversations about Lincoln Riley that are turning very dark and very, uh, very critical. Yeah. And I don't want to get it twisted that like, that there isn't anything good about this team. The the defense, like you said, takes away the, the, the joy of, of watching the offense, right? Cause they yeah. t- because it takes away any of the, the positivity here. Like I got, I because can sit here and say this is the Heisman performance and all those things, but like you can't actually enjoy it. Can you? Every touchdown is just a, Okay. Took care of business now. Right. Race. I had people DMing me going like, it's hard to enjoy touchdowns when I know that the, that the defense is going to be coming back on the field next. And it's, and right. it's like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It takes the whole, it takes everything away from it when the defense is this bad. Yeah. And again, like it would be one thing if it was just, if this was the outlier, if this was the 2017 uh, Notre Dame game where, uh, the defense had been pretty decent for most of the season, and then they just they just blew up and 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 couldn't get a stop against Notre Dame, and and it was just one of those nights where your defense just didn't have it. It would that would be one thing if it was that, but it's every single week with this defense. Yeah, every single week, the best defensive performance of the season came against a Notre Dame team that had a bajillion turnovers and still scored a bajillion points. Yeah, like. I I don't know and and that's and that's the other thing is is like Trek Ranger in the in the chat says the the defense gave up 17 explosive plays in this game alone. It was actually 18. It's 18 plays. Uh, uh, uh explosive plays in this game. So like what was the where where was the 
where was the sitting back? Where was the dropping it? Like, how are you giving up that many right. big plays? Yeah. They, they didn't give up the 50-yarder through the air. Um, yeah, the like, longest passing play was 32 yards. Yeah, but 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 they gave, but they up, gave up 15, 19, 15, 19, 22, 32, 20. Yeah. Wait, you, you can't give those up if you're dropping eight. Yeah. You, 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 That's you the can't. Whole, the whole you point of dropping eight is to not... Right. do that and yeah. that's exactly what they did while simultaneously giving up uh nine rushing plays of 10 plus yards yeah so like uh, where you they didn't find a middle they didn't find a middle ground they didn't find a like the dropping eight didn't work i'm fairly confident that if they had tried the uber aggressive blitz on every down kind of thing that they just would have still given up 52 points or more. Like, yeah. I don't know what the what the right uh, approach would be when your defense is this bad at executing across the board. This is the thing for me, too. I'm looking at this uh, in, in the stat book. Washington gained 216 rushing yards on big gains, which for rushing is a gain of 10-plus. SC had more. SC had more gains of 10-plus yards on the ground yeah. and lost. Yeah. Like, like that that just needs to put into perspective like how SC's offensive performance was as good as the defensive performance was bad if not if not even more so and SC still lost I yeah. uh, want to give big shout out to a couple of super chats we've gotten uh, Irvine Cattle Rant says thank you for expressing my frustration better than I can mm. fight on uh, we got a super chat from West Texas Mike says here's 10 bucks for Elysia's rants ah I felt like I was back in the Clay Helton era for a moment back when I first discovered Reign of Troy we don't want that West Texas Mike we don't want to be back in that era <laughs> D- DJ says uh, we, we just don't have the bodies on both lines of scrimmage the game is won or lost right there we simply get pushed around. Yeah. SC that, gave up that's so the, much so much ground. Um That's the most frustrating thing defensively is when you're dropping eight and rushing three and they can triple team Bear Alexander, which essentially takes him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And the other two pass rushers uh, on on the line of scrimmage are completely bottled up. Yeah. In one on one in in, in the the they they are getting zero pressure on Michael Penix, and that's and that's the other thing. Like, I and I think I put this on Twitter. The frustrating thing here is that Washington's defense it was is is not good and was not good tonight. They got torn to shreds by USC, mm-hmm. but they at least made USC work for it a lot of the time. They got pressure on the quarterback occasionally. They forced him to spin out of out of the pocket. They forced him to to make plays with his with his legs. They got to him critically on uh forcing the fumble. They got to him uh on the the um the stop where they where they forced the punt. Like those were the plays that won the game for for Washington in the end because their defense stepped up and 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 their pressure got to the quarterback. Michael Penix didn't have to worry about the defensive line for most of the night. USC did not have him running for his life. They didn't have him. They they barely even forced him to, to have to speed up a throw half of the time. And every time that they did, 
force him to have to just chuck something down because he had to get the ball away. Yeah. USC's DBs got hit with penalties, pass interference, holding something. It was it was something every time. So it just it was so easy for Washington, especially a Washington team that is the number one passing offense in the country mm-hmm. that has chosen not to run this entire season, that has not cared or committed to their run game this entire season. And USC put out a defense out there that was like, okay, we know that you can still tear us up through the air, but also if you want to, if you want to rush for 316 yards on the ground by like, by all means go ahead. But you see, and they did that, and and USC didn't adjust to that. USC didn't come up with a solution to that. USC didn't. Um, I I don't. I it just it was completely like I said. The in game adjustments were non existent, or it completely ineffective. Yeah, I I think it's the it's the right calculated thing to make Washington run on you when they haven't run, but it shouldn't have been this gash like much of a gashing performance uh where they run for 199 yards before they're touched and it also shouldn't have taken that long to have any not any sort of adjustment which SC did and also if you're gonna let them run on you you need to stop the pass in some sort of way and SC did not do that it would have been one thing if Washington would have just chosen to run uh and Odunze wasn't open you know what I mean and it was just, it was the Clancy Pendergast thing of like, we're going to take this thing away and then just get beat the other way. But that's not what happened here too, because as much as you talk about, you know, I think Caleb Williams outplayed Michael Penix. That's not because Michael Penix played poorly. It's because Caleb Williams, I thought, just had an incredible performance tonight. Michael Penix still threw for 256 yards and he found open dudes all night. Penix so like, didn't have to be crazy. He didn't great. have to be crazy, crazy impressive. Because yeah. his running back ran for 256 yards, yeah. 199 of he which didn't have to make came miracle before plays. contact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy to see um, the, the defense when they're in this state. Uh, but if you're in a state that has gambling, then maybe you can join DraftKings because Trojan fans, DraftKings is running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 bet to instantly claim 200 bucks in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate, separate no sweat single game parlay every single day. When you opt in, all you have to do is use our code reign of Troy and using that code reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, the bonuses, but helps directly support this very podcast. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, use that code Reign of Troy to maximize your first bets and parlays. Of course, the offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Was that one good? I feel like that one's good. That was good, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, let's get into the mailbag. Uh, you guys in the chat, light up your questions, fire away, and uh, let's get to it. 
Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've got mail. All right, I'm running through some stuff here that we've seen in the chat uh, so far that we haven't gotten back to it. Uh, Scott says, me legitimately thinking Alex Grinch deserved another year to prove himself, quote, in all caps, if I could turn back time. Yeah. But this this was not the wrong mentality necessarily. Like, I got, we got it. After the Tulane game, I I know we talked about how I personally would just move on from Alex Grinch, but I understood if the idea was to bring him back to continue recruiting, to get his guys in and to see what he could do because the track record at Oklahoma, while not great, wasn't this bad. It wasn't this. It wasn't no. even close to this. Right. Um, so it, it was. It made sense at the time in a, in a certain way, even if we said at the time that it was a risk, that Riley was going to let it ride and that it was that he was betting Caleb Williams final year on it and that that could go very wrong um my issue with that decision is if you were going to make that decision to let it ride with Alex Grinch I needed Lincoln Riley to have a shorter leash than he has had because it was apparent weeks ago that the defense was not good enough um and that the train wreck that was coming was ultimately coming. And it was making a, a Utah defense, a Utah offense that hadn't been able to score on anybody all season look like world beaters. It was a Cal offense that that hasn't been able to to be competitive very often this season, make them look like world beaters. Yeah. Like make every quarterback that USC plays look like a Heisman candidate. And then you, Cal, USC gives up, you know, 49 points to Cal. Cal turns around the next week and plays Oregon. And what do they do? 19 points, mm-hmm. 286 yards, total yards, three of 14 third down efficiency. Yeah. Oregon doesn't even have an elite defense in the Pac 12. Oregon is not. Utah or Oregon State or UCLA level defense, they're just a competent defense. And that is why Oregon is alive in the college football playoff, um, in the college football playoff race, because they have a competent defense. Well, they're, they're number two in the conference in yards per play. Okay, yeah. But but to to your point, like, they're not... UCLA's defense, I think it's... We, we can agree, is better. But 
Yeah, I, I, you're right. Every team that SC has played, they've done, they, they've put together uh, an incredible game and they've put together season highs and they've had a dude just completely go off. How many, how many weeks? It was Omarion Miller against Colorado. Uh, it was Jaden Ott last week. Uh, it was Bryson Barnes against Utah. Uh, it was Bo, it was uh, Scatterbo against Arizona State. Like, it's somebody new every week. Um, who's it going to be next week? Uh, we already know um, Bucky and, and Nick's. So it's, who, who else is it going to be over there? Like, it's, it's going to be somebody, right? Like, that, that's just... That, that's just how it is um, at, at this point because uh, SC has no answers and absolutely no answers at all. Um, Kaylee in the chat says, uh, what haunts me is that the last three Utah games were winnable. Tulane was winnable. Tonight's game was winnable. The only loss I can accept uh, is the one against Notre Dame, even though that was a tough away game. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. The Notre Dame game is the outlier here because the Notre Dame game was was really and and maybe USC loses anyways uh it, it's sort of hard to say but Caleb Williams was uncharacteristically bad in that game the offensive line got completely worked and Caleb threw a bunch of interceptions and the the turnovers in that game change any evaluation we could have of of what the truth of that game was gets lost when you have what did it come out to be five or six turnovers uh it it was just a complete you were just going to lose that game if you had five turnovers. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Every other game aside from that, it doesn't fit that mold. And the the Utah was defense and decision-making with the two-point conversions. Um, you barely, barely got out of dodge with Cal. Yeah. And then with Washington, like, I don't even think there were any major... I would argue the only major decision-making mistake in this game was in the second half, USC should have run the ball more often. Uh, and maybe that changes the outcome of the final, of the punt drive after the half. I mean, the, the punt drive in the fourth quarter Maybe the outcome of the punt drive in the fourth quarter changes if on third and 14 you run the ball and get eight yards and set up a, a fourth and short and I, be able to go for it. But you know how nitpicky that that's, is? That's extreme You know hindsight. how revisionist yeah. history that is? You know how, like, yeah. silly it is to say, like, that's the closest USC got to a decision-making mistake in this game? This was all pure your defense cannot get a stop sc in the second half first drive eight plays 80 yards touchdown second place second drive seven yards 83 yards touchdown the third drive they would have scored a touchdown if not for a holding call um takes away the thing puts them behind the sticks on a third and long it, it it killed off the drive. I, I don't think there. I don't think we can sit here and say that w- the, the offense screwed up the game in the second half. I mean, technically, yeah, they didn't score on the last two drives. If they score two touchdowns on the last two drives, SC wins the game. Um, but do they? But but do they? Because let's say USC does score on their last two drives touchdowns. 
what evidence do we have that Washington wasn't just going down the field well, and answering every time? Then it would have come down to how much time is on the sure. clock, and right. and and now you're just playing with that, like it, right? Yeah, and yeah. and unlike Bryson Barnes, Penix would have been comfortable throwing the ball in the in in the last minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For 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 sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to uh, Eric. Says over under Grinch is actually kept for the rest of the season. I. Can I get my honest my honest opinion is I do not believe that Lincoln Riley is going to fire based on based on uh, the quote that I read earlier. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley is waiting until after the UCLA game to make any decisions about staff, and the only the only plus side is USC has a bye the last week of the season, so that decision yeah. can get made. In two weeks. Well, this um, is why, like, I I understand why it's it's cathartic to, to fire Grinch this second. Uh, I understand that, yes, it's warranted and all those things. I think we're all in agreement on that. I It's just like in the grand scheme of things, if it happens today or two weeks from today, I, I, for the most part, I don't think it matters. Either way, it's going to be painful watching these last two games. Sure, so. sure. Uh, Danny says Cal scored 35 on us last year, by the way, the gamble that Riley made was with someone with zero upside and all downside. That's a terrible gamble to make. Yeah. We, we talked about it last year that the, after the cotton bowl, um, for, I am someone who doesn't want to, I, I don't think you should fire anybody in year one of anything. I, I think you, you allow them more time than that because, Year one is ridiculous amount of time to, to fire anyone unless you are historically bad at something. Um, I, I hate it when NFL teams fire coaches after one year, but you have to be historically bad to get fired after after year one of something. But I think it was warranted last year because the defense was historically bad last year. And they're historically worse this year. So, yeah, I, I think it would have been warranted if they would have actually absolutely done it. And, it, yes, yes, you're right. Like, it was a gamble that didn't have much of an upside because your hope was that SC was going to turn from a 30-point defense last year to a 27-point defense. And realistically, if SC is a 27-point defense right now, they're sitting they're, here at nine and one. Yeah. Uh, so I guess touche, but at the same, but at the same point, like, does that make you more likely to win a national championship? No, because you need to get down to a twenty point defense. Mm-hmm. You have a twenty point defense with this offense. You're in the playoff, but SC doesn't have that. Yeah. Uh, SC and- right now has a. For all intents and purposes, uh, it's, it's we, we talked about we talked about a twenty eight point last week. I said we need to at least split it to thirty five. It's, it's a forty two points defense, and when you're playing an elite team like Washington, that means fifty two. Yeah, it it it, it does, and, and, and it's, it's and it, sort of a miracle that it wasn't more than that. To and be it honest. and it applies to Oregon next week. Yes. And UCLA, a team that is struggling to to put up points against most teams, uh, not named Stanford, UCLA is going to threaten to score forty points yeah. at this rate. It, you, okay, you, you want to know my crazy crazy thought? It, maybe you're going to think I'm nuts. 
I have more confidence that SC beats UCLA based on tonight's performance. Oh yeah, yeah. I like significantly more. I think, I think that that it really depends on. I mean, small bar, like it can, in in the sense of like that that isn't whether SC goes nine and four or eight and three at this point is or eight and four nine and three uh, is sort of splitting hairs, but. Um, but it's more likely to be a game like uh, the the Utah game, like like the Utah game where sure. they're it's close because your defense is is bad enough to make them their offense yes. look better than they are, but you're still you know the right game management away from from winning that game yeah. because your defense because your offense is going to be capable of putting up your offense should put up as much as anybody has put up on the good defense that you face. Just like the, the, the annoying thing about Utah is that USC put up more points on more points and yards and everything on Utah than anybody else has managed this season Uh, up until, up until Oregon um, who really took it to, took it to Utah. But even like Oregon taking it to Utah was still only 35 points. So, yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was frustrating in itself. But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think UCLA is a definite loss at this point. No, uh, not with the the offense playing as well as it. As we'll it does, we'll see. We'll we'll see though next week if if SC absolutely uh, no shows next week because they've mentally checked out or something, yeah. which I I'm not gonna bet on. I I. I, I think that this team has showed enough. There's been enough reasons for them to check out of things and they haven't, they've, they are still fighting and all the players I think in there are still bought in and all those yeah. things. Um, but if that changes, uh, certainly it's, it's something that you could, you could just, you know, revisit. Uh, Lamont says, it's clear to me that the scheme is too difficult for the players. Uh, we have, even if the scheme is different, you still have to deal with all the penalties. So how do we solve that issue? <sighs> I, I, is it, is it the scheme too difficult? Uh, is it just the wrong scheme? Is, I don't know because I don't, I frankly do not understand what's happening on defense period. To, Pe- like, people, like outside of just like the missed tackles. People who know D who like, like I saw Sua Cravens and, and yeah. uh, others like tweeting, like I, they, they don't even know what's going on. They, they don't understand right. what the defense is even trying to accomplish half yeah. of the time. They don't, they don't understand what the coverage is supposed to be or what the gap scheme is supposed to be because none of it makes sense because right. either guys are playing it so poorly or they're so f- well, like, then it's been taught poorly. Well, that then that's and that's what's very clear is that the the penalties get cleaned up if technique is being taught more clearly, or yeah. those players are being put in a position where they don't have to feel the need to grab hold of a jersey in order to complete the the the, the play. Uh, you there's it's just coaching, like at a certain. At a certain point, it's just coaching. Now, yeah. I think that there are players on the field for USC who should not be on the field for USC that are not USC caliber if USC is intending to compete for, for Pac-12 titles. Um, but the decision to have those players on the field is also coaching. And there are players on the field who are far more talented than what they are showing. 
and they look completely lost. I saw somebody in in uh, on the uh, in the chat talking about how like Damani Jackson looks lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks completely lost. He looks like he has no idea what he's supposed to be well, doing. The number of times pre-play that guys are just pointing around. Christian and- Roland Wallace loses his mind on every single play because something is a concern to him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know how to read that. I don't know. I don't know if that's a him problem or a defensive problem, but like at a certain, like given what the defense is doing, it feels like a defense problem that like he has to lose his mind pre-snap because something he's, he, he sees something that he's concerned about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I I I just think that um, there's a lot of things that don't make any sense to me, personnel-wise, coverage-wise. It's very clear to me that the exotic coverages are not being uh, processed properly by a lot of the, the players on defense. That's when you have sort of the, the broken plays, the broken coverages. That's to me, is the players aren't confident in what their job is on any given play. And it shows the missed tackles and all of that kind of stuff is again, it feels like a player confidence thing. Now, every, even the great USC defenses that we've watched in the past have had missed tackles, but the rate at which USC players miss tackles right now is very clear that positionally, they don't know where they're supposed to be. They're not reacting quickly because they don't feel confident in what they're doing. They highlighted on the broadcast on one of the long the long touchdown runs that um uh that Kalen Bullock hesitated before running downfield to go and try to to stop the um to stop the running back that hesitation is born out of not knowing what you're supposed to do on any given play that hesitation puts you in a position to take a bad angle and a bad angle puts you in a position to miss a tackle. Like these are all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. There, it, none of it, none of it makes sense to me. Uh, Lamont says, is, "Is anyone else getting Biggie Marshall vibes when you watch Damani play? All the hype coming in, but never lives up to that hype." I, I, I mean, yes. I think when you talk about like five-star talent, you expect those guys to be the focal points of your team on offense and defense, whoever, wherever that guy fits in, right? I don't think you've gotten that type of production out of Domani at all. Um, but I would say, I don't know that this is a Domani Jackson thing when what five-star guy has SC gotten five-star play out of on defense in the last decade. Like, this is just a Dory Jackson? Like, that's it? Yeah. I mean, so it's a very good question to ask, though. I, I Yeah, because at that point, I'm like, I, I, I don't know that, it, that, it's, that it's on him. I, like, I, I think it's on SC's lack of ability to develop their dudes from coaching staff to coaching staff to coaching staff over and over and over again, especially on defense, um, to have those to have those issues. And then you look at it. I, I also think that you know Biggie Marshall. I think if he was a four star talent, I don't think that he would have gotten the scorn 
um, that he's gotten as a five-star guy. Mm-hmm. You you look back and he had you know six interceptions in his career, uh, uh, seventeen pass breakups as an underclassman, ten in twenty seventeen, uh, nine as a senior, uh, and then like you pull up Dewani Jackson's numbers and they're they're just they're just not even remotely comparable. Um, yeah. But nobody's making those plays on this this team. So, yeah. is that Damani Jackson's fault, or is it is it the scheme? Is it the the lack of development? Is it all those things? I, I think it it's a little bit of column A, B, and C, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, um, Sean from beautiful Austin, Texas says, "Why wasn't Grinch made available to the media?" Uh, none of the uh, coordinators. Uh, none don't. of the c- coaches or coordinators are necessarily made available. Uh, so the way that it used to work is used to work that the in the in the press room, um, the head coach would come in with a couple of players, uh, and then all the media would stand outside of the locker room, and you'd wait for the coaches and the players to walk out. Sometimes you saw the coaches. Sometimes you didn't. Uh, it was hit and miss on, on the coaches, but you'd usually get all the players and you could sort of like a free for all. You could talk to them as they walked out of the Coliseum. That's no longer the case under Lincoln Riley. Uh, now it's, you can only talk to the players in the press room itself. And so you're only available to talk to the players that are made available and the coaches have been made available. And I don't believe the coaches have been made available um, the same way. And so I get the idea of like, well, you know, they're, they're hiding Grinch, but I don't think that that would be the case no matter what. Like SC, I think could be undefeated right now and the defense could be incredible. And I don't think Grinch would also be available to the media in the same way either. Yeah. So I think this is just, this is sort of what they want. I will say like Clancy Pendergast would come and stop and talk to the media. Yeah. In always that they, you know, players and coaches have ways to avoid having to do that but yeah but at a certain point um if you want to make the argument that you should keep your job maybe you should be in the firing line and not your players yes uh, but i'm also going to ask you what can he also say that's true because it's not, not a like lincoln riley can say. can say anything well this is why like i know that People are upset about Lincoln Riley's press conferences, but what can he honestly say that will satisfy you? Nothing. The thing that you want him to say, he can't say. He can't get up there and say, yeah, the defense sucks and I got to fire Alex tomorrow. And like, he's not going to say that. Like, that's not how it works. Um, And if a head coach did that, while it might be cathartic to hear the thing that you absolutely want to hear, like that's an unprofessional coach. So like you're, you're not going to hear those things. And so, and you know, there was, uh, I was listening to the, on, on my drive home, I was listening to the call-in show and there was a call, there was a caller who called in and want to talk to Sue Cravens about like, why aren't the coaches asked hardball questions? And so the, the rebuttal was like, okay, well, what was the hardball question you wanted to ask? I'll ask him what they're going to fix. He's been asked that. Like yeah. they've been asked those questions the the answer is not satisfying so like it's not that the lack of questions are there it's that there's 
there's no answer that's going to be satisfying for you because there he can't just say well everything and blah blah like if he was if Lincoln Riley was throwing his players under the bus like Mike Leach did did like that might be cathartic for a minute but that doesn't necessarily like that doesn't make it better I it it yeah it, it does yeah and it's why I'm I, I'm trying to avoid the temptation to look at the quotes and read into the quotes and say anything about the quotes and all that. And I didn't avoid that temptation on, on the question about the defense, but that's because that quote does inform us that again, I will say Lincoln Riley is going to fire Alex Grinch. It's just a matter of timing. What he said in that quote is essentially telling us that it is just a matter of timing. Yeah. I disagree with the timing that I am expecting, but it is a matter of timing. Yeah. And yeah, when it comes down to it, there's nothing, there's nothing that they can say that can make anybody feel better. Unless those words are Alex French is no longer my defensive coordinator. And even then, and even then we still have to sit through an Oregon game where you can't fix this defense that quickly. So yeah, uh, you're sort of. Yeah. And what, you know, going off of what you said, the quote was, uh, there was nothing in there that sounded to me like he's not making the change at, at, at defensive coordinator. Uh, so yeah, I, I know that that doesn't, you know, he, he's, he's not cursing him out like people want him to say. Uh, but, uh, I, I also don't think there's any indication that he's not going to do what people want him to do. Just might not be on the literal timeline that I think a lot of people want it to be, uh, which, you know, to be fair, it should have been last year. Yeah, I, I think that that's very clear now. Absolutely. Uh, it was clear then when we talked about that it, it was SC was well within their right to do it last year, and they didn't. Uh, with more hindsight, it's now even, you know, underlined and highlighted, circled, painted over, all those things. Um, uh, LA Fred says, uh, can you explain to me WTF was Gentry in the three-point stance at linebacker when he was four yards off the ball in that play in the second quarter. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. My thought was maybe he just fell over, and just that's my only the the the, the most logical explanation to me is that he tipped over. And ended up in a three-point stance. And just didn't, and just, uh, what else, what else is there to say? I don't, I don't know. There's, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. I. Like I said, none of the defense makes, makes any sense to me uh, at all. Uh, Lamont says, I believe the way uh, Riley used uh, Relique tonight uh, all but guaranteed him hitting the portal. If Riley put him in with Zachariah Branch at the same time, that could have shown him that there was a plan to use him. I, I wonder, it, like, you know, we, we saw the we saw the thing on Thursday. We talked about it in our bonus episode for, for members only here on YouTube when we talked on Thursday about uh, really Brown tweeting that he was going to play. We were wondering if it was just the red shirt thing or, or what I think 
in hindsight, I think it has a lot to do with the absence of Marshawn Lloyd than anything else, especially when you saw Barlow in there too. I That makes me think that it's it's all about that, about getting, you know, saving some, some breathers for, for Austin Jones. Because, yeah, like it didn't look like Relique Brown was necessarily a featured component of this offense. Um, but at the same time, I, how can you, how can we sit here and say that the, that it should have been any other way when SC put up the dominating performance on offense that they did, you know? Yeah. And for the record, uh, Riley confirmed after the game that the staff knew that Marshawn Lloyd wouldn't play midweek, which sort of goes in line with Relik tweeting when he did that, yeah. uh, that, that this was going to be going forward. So, um, yeah, I think that was very much, very much just tied to the personnel thing. Um, I I'm with you that I would love for Relic Brown to stay and and see what he could do. I he adds a dynamic in that backfield that USC used to get a touchdown in this game, and uh, he ran the ball well when they handed handed off to him between the tackles. I would I would love to see more of him, but it's also very difficult to convince somebody to stay when there are a million mouths to feed and most yeah. players aren't getting the, what, what they would imagine they want. I mean, like just think about like Dorian singer can't <laughs> can barely buy a couple of catches in any game. Brendan rice is having an outstanding season caught his 10th touchdown of the season. And he still can't pick up more than two catches in a game. Well, he could have gotten another one. Well, he could have got another one if he didn't drop it, but yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, Austin Jones is out there averaging 11.5 yards per carry. I, I don't know that really Brown is the end-all, be-all um, kind of situation where you where not making him a featured part of the offense is the reason why you're losing games. That's not the reason why you're losing games. If yeah. he could play defense, maybe... Maybe that would help. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, LA friend in the chat said that Barlow got two two touches, a 40-yard run, and a four-yard touchdown, then no more. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah he he could have gotten Darwin Barlow... m- more run, but also Austin Jones was incredible tonight, averaging 11 yards a pop, too. So I, yeah. I, I, I think I any of those guys could have gotten more carries. Realistically... I wanted more carries across the board for the running backs. Yeah. But those carries didn't need to go to Darwin Barlow or Relic Brown. Like, Could have been anybody. I, I would have been really happy with 17 carries for Austin Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Darwin Barlow is one of my favorite, like, just pops up and looks like a dog kind of players um, yeah. <laughs> who will just never get his shot. And I feel very bad for him because I think he could be a perfectly perfectly uh, productive running back for USC but like just it's never never his shot kind of not not in the same way because we talked about it before he's like sort of the Broderick Green yeah where you in 2008 you'd see Broderick Green in the fourth quarter you're like man if this guy started could you imagine and then you remember all the other running backs ahead of him and you're like 
Well, well yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like Dar- what... Darwin Barlow is like a way better James Toland where it's like when he gets his when he gets his carries like he he does he does he does a good job. Yeah. But he's not not the main man and will never be the main man in a USC offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um Gleeb says how much does Iowa put on our defense? That is the scary thing because I I think that's my new want. I want to see it. Seriously, like let's get the bowl game. Let's get an USC Iowa bowl game. What where can we make it happen? Is it the Iowa, holiday bowl? Iowa scored 41 points on Western Michigan. That is their season high. Let's, their their let's, second season high is 26 against Michigan State. So let's say 30. The movable option, uh, the movable object against the stoppable force. Yeah. They have Let's not given it. up more than 16 I want to see it. Oh, I guess they gave up 31 to Penn State. That, le- legitimately, would that not be entertaining? Entertaining is a word that <laughs> you could use that I don't know that I would go as far to use. If you're going to see watch anything, don't you want to see something interesting in, tr- in, the, in a bowl game? Intriguing, absolutely. Would I take an Iowa matchup over an Oklahoma matchup any day of the week and twice on Sunday? Absolutely. Um, would I call that entertaining, though? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, West Texas, West Texas Mike says that the Holiday Bowl is the ACC now. Yeah, I so whatever whatever bowl is the the Big Ten, yeah. whatever it is, uh, I don't I, I don't remember, but make it make it make it Iowa, make it Iowa. That that would be great. Um, <laughs> would be fascinating. Um, all right. Um, Ilium fifty five says, uh, what kills fans is the constant repetition a silly coach speak that we are one play away or whatever people get tired, tired of it. Uh, it's like Helton's look at the tape. Yeah. I, I think that coach speak is absolutely one of those things that, you know, drives people nuts because right. But because it's coach speak. Yes. Yeah. But coach speak happens after wins too. And no one complains when Kirby smart comes out of game saying, Oh, my team's so resilient or Nick Saban comes out of game saying, you know, oh, my guys fought so hard or, right. or whatever, because you're feeling good because you, you won the game and what the coach says afterwards doesn't hit you the same way because you're just so happy that you won the game. Uh, coach speak happens across the board after every loss for every coach. There isn't a coach out there who isn't doing some form of coach speak unless you want to talk about someone like Deion Sanders who breaks the mold and not yeah. necessarily in a way that I think uh, is always the most productive. Coach right. speak is way more productive than what uh, Deion Sanders well, sort of approaches. It's the Mike Leach thing. I, people love Mike Leach, mm-hmm. loved Mike Leach because, uh, uh, rest in peace, uh, because of the, you'd ask him about um, anything, uh, non. you'd ask him about the Roman Empire in a press mm-hmm. conference and he'd start talking about the Roman Empire. But he did that as a distraction mm-hmm. because as a reason not to let you ask football questions and when you ask the football questions, he'd talk about like his players' fat girlfriends, uh, which is a 
actual Mike, yeah. Leach, Mike Leach quote. And like, again, while that might be cathartic in the moment, if you're cra- like crazily upset, that that's not something that you actually need to say in a, in a press conference. So um, Damon says, I think the, one of the reasons why uh, some are questioning Riley is because uh, there's been a regression since last season, which is alarming since he's been regarded as a top notch coach. Yeah. I, I think that absolutely. I think there's, we can talk about regression. One thing that I thought was positive tonight was I thought the offense of the offensive performance looks so good that it took away what I thought was offensive regression. I thought they proved tonight that they were just as good as last year on offense. Um, well, that, when that, that doesn't make up for the defense, obviously, but because I think the defense, if, if anything, is the same as last year, but realistically worse. Yes. Um, the ske- like you can make the argument that the schedule has just gotten harder, mm-hmm. but, well, but I think the defense is worse than last year. Yes, I think the defense is worse than last year. I also think that Caleb threw the ball better in this game mm-hmm. than he has for a few weeks, and you know. I've been going off about the the pinky. I didn't notice the notice the the same kind of errant throws that we've been seeing from him uh, in this game. the The closest thing he got to errant throws was just overthrowing deep shots. But like that's why deep shots are very hard to complete because you yeah. will occasionally you know put it put it outside of the reach of your, of your receiver. And that those were not mm-hmm. those were not inexplicably errant the way that we have seen uh, in in other games. So that was a, a real positive. Uh, it also is a lot easier to have your offense be uh, effective when you have a really str- when you have a run game that the opposing defense has to pay attention to, and, and USC established the run early in the se- in the first half, and that and that very much helped. Uh, and to the broader point, though, the idea that um, the regression with Lincoln Riley, I think, is there's a valid criticism of again the standard that you want him to be setting in the football program and when your defense has regressed as far as the defense has in a year when you were banking on the defense getting better even even if even just a little bit better Mm -hmm. um and not and not being not having a stronger reaction to that i get why it concerns people yeah, I think I think Lincoln Riley is doing this to himself by not taking it more seriously. That people are starting to not take him seriously because of the defense. Um, I yeah, I I one hundred percent think that that is perfectly fair. I don't think that the offense is still like the thing. The reason why I'm still on the Lincoln Riley train is that the offense is still one of the best offenses in the country. And that is the thing that Lincoln Riley has the strongest uh, input on. Yeah. So in the middle of the season, it started to get worrisome because the offense did look like it was very, very shaky. But uh, the whole time with that, I personally felt that if the offensive line settled down and Caleb stopped having the random, like if Caleb just threw the ball better mm-hmm. that the offense would come around. And it's also why I'm not worrying about 2024 or 2025 or whatever, not worrying about the future without Caleb Williams, aside from the fact that I recognize that he is an incredibly special talent 
everyone should appreciate his talent for what it is, appreciate his passion for the game for what it is, um, and hold on to that for as long as we get to watch him play football. But even when he's gone, I'm still very confident that USC will still have a very effective offense because that is what Lincoln Riley does regardless of what quarterback he has uh, behind center. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, I I, I think so. I I think the other thing is when you look at the offense, I think the offense struggled in the middle of the season. Uh, Yes, it was against very good defenses. Uh, They struggled against Arizona. They struggled against um, Notre Dame, and they struggled against Utah. And I think at this point we can say that Arizona has a good defense. They've sort of proven that that is the case, even though none of us thought that coming into this season. Um, But I think SC on offense has responded to that. They made the changes on the offensive line. And I think that like they, they have gotten through uh, that part where they were sort of stuck in the mud. I think the last two weeks have kind of shown that Uh, mind you last week, they still punted the ball seven times, right? Like there it's, it's still a work in progress, but I think tonight showed that like, they are getting better on offense. They are fighting the way through these things. The offensive line tonight, yeah, they 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 gave up three sacks, but those were the only tackles for loss at all. Like they were great in run blocking, and this was an offensive line that struggled to run block against Notre Dame. Um, they were great in that. That Zach adjusted rushing yards per carry was nine point seven. That's insane. That's insane to do that against a, a, a team that's ranked in the in the top five. And I know that Washington's defense isn't in the top five. Um, they were a top 30 defense, but we talked about it before. Like, that's all you need with, with an offense that is as good as theirs. Um, and if, if SC had one of them, they, would, they wouldn't they would be in the position that, that SC is in. Uh, let's go to a question from Sean. Hey, can we talk about the flea flicker play? I think I'm going to watch that 20 times this week uh, as a salve. Here's the thing. I am so frustrated about this defensive performance because I could sit here and gush about this offensive performance all night. And I don't think people want to hear that. Like for the, for the most, because people are so upset about the defense, right? Like, but yes, we should talk about these things. The flea flicker was incredible. The, the design, like I, first of all, I, I'm curious your thoughts because I, I have thoughts about how to play. Give me give me a rundown in your brain, some stream of consciousness, replay it in your head. What were you thinking as it was going on? The thing that made it so great is that it was extremely believable for things that we've seen <laughs> USC do. Yes. Where they're trying to get a little bit too cute by stringing it out. It was self-aware. The, the offensive line sort of uh, lets, lets people a little bit the, the, through – USC doesn't run screens, so this is not on purpose. And they're going to hand it off to Zach Branch, and it's going to be sort of telegraphed, and he's going to get just sort of stuck and then try to... Like, I thought this is Zach Branch trying to get too cute and trying to trying to do too much by cutting back, and then he pitched it, and I was... In, in that moment, as the pitch was happening, it all just... All the puzzle, puzzle pieces just came together in a beautiful in a beautiful little bundle of this was on purpose. God, I hope someone downfield is open. And then Caleb goes 
and Taj yeah. is wide open. And then, but also Taj, he, he knew, Taj he, being the short king that he is, has to leap up to grab the ball. And the whole time I'm thinking like, oh my God, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. And then he catches it. And then I'm thinking, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And then he keeps his feet. And just every step of that play was wonderful. Yeah, the it was one of those things where I think Caleb was so shocked that it worked so good, <laughs> good that he was too excited on the throw. Yeah. Uh, I, so from the press box, I I never saw the the I couldn't see the the flea flicker part. So I saw Zach Branch going. I'm like, why is he run? like? I know that he's so good at cutting back, but like. Oh no! Don't make that move. Like, why? Yeah. Why are you going back? Just, just take the no gain. Like, like, don't go backwards. There's no room there. What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, Caleb moves like he has the ball. Wait, well, wait a minute. Hold on. Did Zachariah Branch ever have the ball? And then I saw the replay and like, oh yeah, he 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 pitched it back, and it was it was just sort of beautifully designed that way. It was it was incredibly beautiful. Um. I, I thought so many of the passes downfield were great tonight. The long crosser that that Caleb hits on uh, hits uh, Taj Washington, not not the uh, the the touchdown obviously, but the other long gain that the Taj Washington had. He waits him out on the crosser, just waits for him, and then just hits the strike right before he gets out of bounds. Perfect pass. The pass to um to Deuce Robinson wide open on third down it was one of those plays where i, I again I, th- I almost think that Caleb williams was shocked that he was so open uh and throws a ball right there in his hands mm-hmm. and deuce robinson doesn't bring it in he gets the blocked punt uh, about a minute later in game time so uh he atones for his sin there um but that would have been that would have been absolutely a big play um offensively um, West Texas Mike says this is why you should recap the game drive by drive that would give you time to talk about all of it and the emotional roller coaster you were on throughout the game. <laughs> yeah, we we used to do the car cast that way, um, and then people started demanding the rants straight up straight away. Um, the 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 classic uh, Alicia rants. So we've we've gone into into those things, but yeah, if we if we went drive by drive, we could talk about how incredible the first drive of the game was i thought that there were three drives in this game that i thought were a one the first drive of the game i thought was to that point i thought was sc's best drive of the season the the other one that i that i was super impressed with was uh what would have been the drive to take the lead at the end where they were running the ball in the fourth quarter I thought that drive would look so good until, until it didn't. The, until oh, the holding. Yeah, the, the drive where they started at the five because Zachariah Branch let the ball go. Like, I wouldn't Madden, but it took the weird bounce and wasn't bouncing into the end zone, and they started at the five. And then they went 95 yards on five plays. So that drive was, in, was incredible. There were so many good drives. And you can't really enjoy it because well, there was so, SC... Allowed a lot of drives, and that's and that's the thing is is Caleb Williams is a joy to watch, Taj Washington is a joy to watch, Deuce Robinson looks like he wants you see to, so much potential there, so so much potential. Brendan yeah. Rice is a joy to watch. Marshawn uh, Lloyd, 
Marshawn Lloyd, I I I love him. Not tonight, I'm, but yeah. I'm big sad that he wasn't able to play in this game. I'm now worried about when he will be able to return because they have not revealed what this injury is, and that just gives me anxiety. Looked like he had a limp. Uh, I agree. I couldn't tell if... Now, the only thing is, it looked like he had a limp, but going down the tunnel, sometimes your gait is a little weird because of the, the slope there. So sure. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe that's, that's that. But, like, there's so many dudes who are so much fun to watch, and there are so many plays in this game that were so much fun that was just beautifully executed, uh, creative and, and, and fun. And it sucks that that's not the focal point. Mm -hmm. Like if USC won this game, this conversation we're having about that flea flicker would have been in the first 15 minutes of the show. Sure. But it comes 90 minutes into the show because we have to deal with the defense. And the other thing, I I said it earlier, I thought this was a Heisman-level performance from Caleb Williams. Yeah. I think, hear me out, if it wasn't for him winning the Heisman last year, I think people would be talking more about him as the Heisman winner. Well, I, I, maybe not as the Heisman winner, but like in the Heisman race. Because maybe. I think that... He was going to be so judged based on his production. And for the, for the first month of the season, his production was far ahead of what it was last year. Uh, and then he, he had the little down spell uh, after the, especially the Notre Dame game. And I think for, for so many people, they immediately write, wrote him off and like, Oh, he's had his time. We're done. We're, we're done with Caleb Williams. He's, he's not the Heisman winner. But, like, what he did tonight absolutely should have put him back at least in New York, like, to go to New York, like, undoubtedly in my mind. Yes, but Heisman uh, voters, Heisman prognosticators pay attention to wins and losses, and that's... Tebow won it when, like, a five-loss season. Yeah, but not under the same circumstances. Why can't I really? It be? I really think Caleb Williams has to beat Oregon to be in the. In the I like. I think you can make the like. It, it's not Caleb Williams's fault that it's that not the his fault that the defense is getting jiggle bagged. Yeah, it's not his fault, and that should be part of the the calculation here. But. But that's not the way that that the, the, the sure no operate. I I I get that but like. If it's not him, then then who is 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 it is it Penix? Like I I'm fine with Penix winning the Heisman. Like I'm I'm not against that idea. Like, and you know it, we've talked about it before. Like you win the Heisman in November, so we're somebody still is. Caleb still needs to have two great games, and I think that one of the things that's going to hurt hurt him is not playing on Thanksgiving week, and not playing in a championship game, because those are two weeks that he could have absolutely needed. Uh, to have like more like great performances, he's gonna have to like absolutely have the you know great performance of his life. Uh, you know the next two weeks uh, against Oregon and, and UCLA in order to to come back. But um, yeah, and in the uh, Gillibin chat says um, RG three won at nine and three. Yeah, yeah, but RG three wasn't already a Heisman winner. 
Yeah, which doesn't that give Caleb more credence though yeah no I'm not uh, you you're preaching to the choir I I think he should still be way up there but these examples are not ones that really translate well when he's already a a winner and like Bryce Young had way better it's not a lifetime achievement award Bryce Young had way better stats the year after his Heisman win he had more losses and didn't get the repeat Heisman. Like yes, that was but really what it came he was down to. Going it. up against Caleb Williams. Yeah. I don't think as it stands right now, I don't think there is someone who is clearly the guy. Oh no, there's ahead of there's him. not. But like JJ McCarthy, Marvin Harrison Jr., like all of those guys are gonna have opportunity bonus. Yes. They're gonna have opportunities to showcase where Caleb Williams is going to have to fight against the, you know, did his defense do enough to have a 50-point game be a win situation. Yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, and like like uh, like Fred in the chat says like losing head to head against another Heisman front runner is not going to play in in Caleb's favor at all. And it's not fair because head to head quarterback matchups are completely fraudulent sort of uh concepts when each quarterback is going against a different defense although in this in this situation uh this is as close you get to an even playing field considering the defenses that were in front of them but yeah yeah i don't know we'll 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 see how it goes uh all right um Two things. Uh, Mark says do i get bonus points for being here 2 hours before the cast started? Yes. Well done. We, well done. We 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 love you and I'm very love the support. I'm very impressed uh, <laughs> with the commitment. Um, yeah, and sorry we weren't on immediately after yeah, the game. We, we, in that case. we hope you're feeling better too. Yeah. We've, we've been thinking about you. Yeah. Um, last question comes from uh, Sarah and Aaron, and it says, "Does anyone know what breed their dog is?" I love it. <laughs> Little Jesse. Jessie is a border collie, we think. Uh, well, we're pretty sh- we're pretty certain she's a border collie. Yeah. But she is a rescue, um, uh, and so we don't really know what else might be in there in terms of her breed. We're curious enough. What else might be in there? The way you worded yeah. it, like. <laughs> we're we're curious enough that one day, if we have money to burn, we'll we'll get one of those in bark. We're, we're gonna we're DNA gonna do test. the paternity test. Yeah. Um. Just, just to find out, but yeah, no, she's a border collie. Yeah, B- border collie husky mix is my guess, but uh, yeah, definitely border collie is the uh, the main thing. That's 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 how she's her coloration goes yeah. absolutely with the border collie too. So, uh, all right, we'll be back on uh, Monday, Monday nights, uh, five p.m. Pacific. It'll be dark by then because the light, the the clocks are changing. So, change your clocks. All those things. Plus side, we gain an hour of sleep, right? Yes. Downside, I hate, hate, hate it getting darker earlier. Me too. I don't like to take the dog out when it's dark. I'm afraid of the dark. I don't like it. Uh, Lamont gonna... says, damn it, Michael, I asked you not to use jiggle bag tonight. I, I didn't want to, but <laughs> the defense was jiggle bagged. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> I'm going to bed. I can't take it anymore. Lamont says this so. was the definition of getting jiggle bagged. By the way, yes. It, it next, if you look in the dictionary next to jiggle bagged, it says uh, 
what Washington's defense did to USC. Well, yes. What Washington's offense did to USC's defense. Yes. The, not as a whole. SC did not get jiggle-bagged in the game. No. The defense got jiggle-bagged. The defense got jiggle-bagged. Yeah. yeah. So. And SC's offense lily warped the, the, <laughs> Washington the Washington defense. defense yeah. So. There you go. Um, Forklift says uh, seasonal depression and USC defense is not a good combination. Yeah. That is the truth. Yes. A hundred percent. So, uh, all right. Uh, until next time, we'll see ya. See ya. See ya.